Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Podcasting. Podcasting from Sydney, Australia. This is the Prime Podcast. Independent, unfiltered, and uncensored. Beginning in three, two, one. David Ike, thank you very much for joining me. How are you? Well, I should be asking you, how are you? I've just realized it's two o'clock in the morning where you were. Mate, you know what I was saying to, I think it was Gemma, I've been speaking to for the last few weeks, that there's not many people I'd stay up for to 2am, mate, but um, you're definitely the exception. So, mate, look, I appreciate you being here and doing this. I understand you're very, no very busy. I wouldn't stay up till 2am for me, I tell you. <laughs> what's, um, what's been happening? I must say, mate, I'm liking the content on the Icon- uh, Iconic app. Yeah. Mate, it's great. Your Dot Connector series, brilliant. Yeah, it, it, the thing about um, dot connecting is it, it puts what's happening into context. And that's what's missing uh, with mainstream news. I mean, even, even if they do tell you what's going on, and most of the time they don't, uh, but even if they do, they don't tell you why it's going on. Uh, they wouldn't dare tell you why it's going on because that which owns the media doesn't want people to know that. So it's uh, it's vital that we know not just what is happening, but why it's happening. Because in the why, the world opens up to what's really going on. Yeah. And look, I think one of the main problems we have with the mainstream is that they feed us this information about what's happening, as you said, but don't explain the why. So it never really makes sense. You hear their stories with the narratives they're pushing, uh, you know, especially in the last two years, it's really highlighted it for a lot of people. It's never really made sense. Even when they try and explain it, it still doesn't make sense. So that's what I've really enjoyed about the dot connecting uh, program that you do is that you join those dots, right? You, it, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, my son, Jamie, uh, uh, put Iconic together. And um, in two years, it's become a phenomenal uh, platform. I don't take credit for it. It's it's all, all his work and the work of the team up in uh, in Derby in the Midlands. Um, and its aim was to put alternative information uh, on a stage that was mainstream in its quality. You know, I, w- when I first started out a long time ago, oh God, um, I was talking in um, drafty village halls and and town halls and things like that uh, to next to nobody, I mean, of course. And my ambition was to uh, put this information in theatres. And then when I got into theatres, it was to put this information into, um, into arenas. Uh, and it's the same principle with Iconic. Uh, you know, it's about uh, giving this uh, information, which is called alternative because it explains that it's different to the mainstream, but it's not alternative. It's, it's proper journalism. The kind of stuff you do and I do and the alternative media, as it's called in general, do is proper journalism. I was a journalist for years in the mainstream. I worked for newspapers. I worked for radio. I worked for television. And in those days, you still did proper journalism. You know, when you went to a, a story or an event, you wanted to know what happened and why it happened. You weren't going out there, although that did happen even in my day with, in, the, in the newspaper industry, 
you didn't go out there with a preconceived idea where you're told what the line is. I mean, anywhere in journalism where it says, well, this is our line on this. It, what do you mean it's your line on this? The truth should be your line on this and the only line. What are you doing? Absolutely. And, and, and so it's been a joy for me, uh, having watched mainstream journalism uh, disintegrate into a complete 100% propaganda operation, to see, to see real proper journalism done in the alternative media. And that's what Iconic's all about. And, you know, I've been doing this now for 32 years, um, full time. And you, you pick up a lot of information over that period and you pick up a lot of the, the different techniques of manipulation and how they do it and why they do this and, and, and what have you, um, uh, which uh, in the, the Dot Connector uh, show every week, I, I, can, um, I can use that uh, experience, if you like, to see through some of the things that are going on. And in fact, you know, there's, there's one thing going on now, which is kind of interesting, uh, which, uh, you know, might be worth mentioning. And that's Elon Musk. See, uh, it's um, Elon Musk has just apparently bought uh, $3 billion worth of uh, shares in Twitter. And he's going on about, you know, his Twitter is uh, you know, censorship and such like. And, you know, one of the things that scams people the easiest is when they're told what they want to hear. Because, I mean, I've found this over the years. When you tell people what they want to hear, like the mainstream often does, you're pushing against an open door because people want it to be true. But when you're actually saying, actually, this is, this is what's going on, and although it's going on, I know you'd rather it wasn't, hmm. then you're pushing against resistance all the time because people don't want to believe that what you're saying is true. They, they want to believe that the, the, the comfort blanket they're being given over here uh, is, is actually how things are. And so if you take that principle and you apply it to Elon Musk, he's talking about um, censorship on Twitter, okay. And then he buys $3 billion worth of shares, okay. Uh, and then starts asking questions about, you know, what do people want on Twitter? Uh, but then, He's telling you what you want to hear. Hmm. What he's telling you is um, he's a good guy and he's going to sort Twitter out and he doesn't like censorship and he, he, he doesn't like woke and all this. Uh, and, and so even in the alternative media, I'm seeing him portrayed as some kind of hero. I mean, you know, I've got a lot of time for uh, Tucker Carlson uh, in America. He's one of the few proper journalists on American television who actually is looking uh, much deeper at what's going on and asking uh, questions that others won't ask. But um, this morning I watched him do a, an opening, uh, substantial opening uh, item. I wish there were many good things in it, but it was very much, uh, isn't it fantastic that um, Elon Musk is, is doing this and uh, it, it's, uh, it shows that, you know, things are changing. Well, my question is this, if Elon Musk is not, part of this whole uh, conspiracy for human control. Uh, A, how did he become what he's claimed to be? It's not really true. The people in the background are the ones with the real money. Mm. Um, 
but he's claimed to be the, uh, currently the richest man in the world. So, okay, when you know how this network operates, you know that he can't reach that unless he's acceptable to this global cult, as I call it. You can't do it. That has destroyed him. And then you ask, okay, what does this cult want? Right. So what it wants, and it's quite open about it now in, uh, because it's trying to sell the, uh, the whole idea, it wants to connect um, the human brain to artificial intelligence. Okay. So what does Elon Musk do? He starts a company called e, uh, Neuralink uh, to connect the human brain to computers. He's doing it with monkeys currently. Um, and then you say, okay, so what else do they want? Uh, well, what they want is driverless cars controlled by a computer, which will decide where you can go and where you can't go, and will be able to disable your car anytime they want. Okay, so what, what else is Musk into? Oh, Tesla, electric cars. And electric cars, uh, well, driverless cars too, but electric cars, the reason they go into electric cars is nothing to do with saving the bloody planet. It's because you cannot have driverless computer-controlled cars that are petrol-driven. You need electric cars to properly do that. So that's why they're doing it. And he's involved in that with Tesla. Yeah. And then you say, well, what else do they want? Well, what they want is to um, build a smart grid, which they're already doing, obviously, but really, a lot of it's well advanced, whereby they create this uh, cloud uh, by uh, this Wi-Fi cloud, by towers and all the rest of it on the ground. Yes, but overwhelmingly, the, only, the way they have to do it to cover every inch of the planet and therefore connect humans to this cloud, and they become basically computer terminals, uh, you have to do it from space. So what else is uh, Elon Musk doing? What else is he doing? Oh, he's got a SpaceX, yeah. And uh, what they're doing, what he's doing, uh, by the thousand, got permission now for tens of thousands already, uh, is to put up low orbit satellites. They're going up all the time to fire 5G and uh, Wi-Fi at, at, the, at, the, at the ground, uh, to, to, to massively be part of creating this cloud. There are others doing it, but he's the leader. So you know, my question is, you know, and this is why, you know, when it comes to being streetwise, just keep asking the question, who benefits from those, th those three things that I've been doing? Who massively benefits? And, and, and look at the three aspects that I'm talking about that he's involved in, and they're all key aspects of this unfolding agenda. So while he's absolutely at the forefront in, the, in those areas of creating what this cult wants, we're asked to believe that he cares about free speech and therefore he's doing this with Twitter to, um, because he's a good guy. And people are, people are buying it. And the, the, the point is, and I, I've been saying this for decades, um, you look in some of their own writings, what we're dealing with in terms of the, the network, the mentality behind this global cult is actually uh, people that are very insecure. I mean, all this bravado, it's to hide a lot of insecurity because the insecurity is that this could go wrong for them any time. 
because they're dealing with nearly 8 billion people and there ain't even a fraction of that involved in knowingly involved in doing it. So uh, they, they're always teetering on the brink of disaster. Uh, and that disaster is humanity becoming aware of what they're doing. Um, and so they um, are not going to let a maverick um, get in the way. And they're certainly not going to put a maverick in charge of these elements, the key elements of their agenda, especially the low orbit satellites via creating this cloud. So uh, he's doing this for a reason. And like I was saying, because of this insecurity, what they have to do, what they always seek to do is to control every side of an argument. So they want to control those as best they can that are against what they want, as well as controlling those that are for what they want. And so what they do is they'll get a, an, my humble opinion, this is what Trump, uh, Trump is, they'll get someone, um, I'm not saying he even knows it to a great extent, but he's a, a very suitable person for the job. You get someone to lead the opposition. You, 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 get, you get someone to, um, to, to be the, the, the go-to person among the opposition. So we've got a situation now with, uh, with Musk, for instance, where because of his, his fame and his money, when someone wants to talk about free speech, they'll, get, they'll go to him. Uh, he becomes the, the go-to person. Uh, and, you know, if you can um, put people in, in leadership roles, that are, that, that are leading that which is against you and the people against you behind them are genuinely against you, then you can, uh, you can manipulate the opposition uh, as you manipulate those that are um, pushing for what you want. You control both sides. And, uh, you know, I've said many times, if, if this cult was um, uh, involved in football, it actually is, but, but I mean, if it was a football match, they would want to control both sides and the referee because they'd want to know what the score was going to be before the game was started. That's, that's how they work. And uh, so we need to watch Elon Musk like a hawk with a telescope uh, because he's not doing this for the benefit of humanity. He absolutely is not, or he, otherwise he wouldn't be doing the rest of what he's doing. Very good points. And look, it is unusual. I think he's, when you have those individuals with ridiculous amounts of wealth, we, we know who they are, Bill Gates, the Jeff Bezos, those characters, they all talk and sound the same. They want the same things. They speak about things like Bill Gates at the moment about um, switching the rich nations to synthetic meat. All these things, they, they all sort of follow the same path. And he's the one that doesn't. Probably one of the only ones that doesn't. Uh, and that should definitely raise alarm bells yeah because it's exactly. unusual but look you covered it perfect um he yeah, is right in the middle of it you know, you know when you when you do this for a long time you start to pick up very simple um pointers and you can break it down into very very simple little um little aspects uh, and 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 one of them is 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 the most obvious, and that is 
whatever these people want in terms of your Gates and your Bezos and your Zuckerberg and all these people, whatever they want is bad for humanity. Whatever they want is has an ulterior motive that's bad for humanity because they wouldn't want it if it was not bad for humanity. So every time Gates opens his mouth uh, saying this should happen and that should happen, you know, A, it's a lie, and B, um, what he wants is part of this uh, whole developing control system. So, you know, it's like, you know, people um, people want to eat meat, people don't eat meat. It, that's a, that's a um, you know, it's a discussion, it's a debate, it's a choice or whatever. But when he tells you, you should stop eating meat and you should start eating synthetic stuff, and when uh, situations are created to increase the cost of meat higher and higher and higher, there's a reason um, they're doing that. And it's not a reason to benefit humanity. They couldn't care less. They, they, want, they want anything but the benefit of humanity. Mm. So, um, you know, if you, um, if you look at any aspect of this, whether it's the COVID hoax, whether it's the human-caused climate change hoax, what is currently happening in Ukraine, the ulterior motive of all of them is bad for humanity. And uh, it's so important that people, you know, there are some who, it, it, it may have taken a while, but, but eventually they realized that the COVID uh, card was a hoax and, and, and a load of old nonsense just for a very, dark, sinister uh, ulterior motives, not least the fake vaccine. Mm. But some of those people, having seen that they've been lied to for two years, then go on and buy the uh, Ukraine-Russia uh, um, narrative, which is delivered to them by the very same people that delivered the COVID narrative. Mm. And it's, it's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, and it's like, look, they're lying to you. No, 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 no. They're not just lying to you about COVID. They're lying to you. That's what they do. Hmm. And so when they open their mouth, they're lying to you. When the media report an event, there's a spin on it. So you'll have a certain view of it. Every time. doesn't matter what, what, what the subject is. Every time you'll get that. So therefore, you know, it, it, it's not rocket science that you have to kind of work out that oh yeah well are they lying here and oh yeah but did they did they lie no 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 over here they're lying hmm. end of story they're lying about the narrative of uh, ukraine russia they're lying about covid lying about human caused climate change they lie about everything and the reason they lie is they want you to believe untruths to be real that's it hmm. and and therefore with that understanding, you can move from, from the COVID narrative to the Ukraine-Russia narrative with the same understanding that whatever you're told by the mainstream is going to be lies. So if they're lying to us, what are they not wanting us to know that the lies are there to cover? <laughs> and these are very simple um, you know, responses, psychological responses, which can open the world up to you so fast. 
uh, when you realize um, uh, that it, it's far simpler than it, than it looks. Yeah. And I had uh, a good chat to, I'm sure you know, Chef Pete Evans. Yeah. Yeah. We had a, a good chat a while back and he, um, he's got a Telegram account that he shares a lot of really interesting information. He's really the one that I think open, miles are open to an extent. He sort of catapulted that. So I look at things very differently now. And when you start having that mindset, you pick up on things. Just like the other night when uh, Zelensky addressed the Australian Parliament and the Prime Minister of this country put a tweet out and asked every Australian to watch that address. I'm thinking, that it, that's bizarre. Like, What do we have to do with it, one? And why is this the only time that's ever happened? This hasn't happened before where they've, they've wanted us to be so involved, emotionally invested. That's what he wants. And for us to emotionally invest in the situation over there in Ukraine. And when you start looking at it, as you said, from a different angle, and you realize that the majority of what you hear, sorry, in your words, everything you hear is a lie. You start picking up on those little things. Yeah. And that was very bizarre. These situ- it's very bizarre. The last two, three years has been very bizarre in many different aspects. Well, it's funny, you know, when you just said what you said, um, it's never happened before. How many times have we said it the last two years since COVID, the COVID card was played? This has never happened before. This is unprecedented because we're, yeah. we're, we're moving into, into times when um, the lies are getting bigger because the end game is getting closer. That's, that's, that's why. And, you know, another thing, another, if you like, streetwise thing to do, I would suggest people make their own minds up about uh, world events, is don't take sides. Once you take sides, they got you. If you, um, if you look uh, from the heart and you say, what is happening to people in Ukraine is terrible, horrific okay that's coming from the heart and that is a uh, an emotional empathetic response to people that is not taking sides that is a it's what should be a natural human response when i'm talking about taking sides i mean between political leaders and governments because um there is a very good case to be made that um, Putin is a psychopath, not least the way he runs the country and controls the opposition in Russia. But Zelensky is a bloody psychopath. He's also deeply, deeply corrupt. And um, he's controlled by the United States, which is controlled by the cult. And he's controlled by the oligarchs that um, on the ground run um, Ukraine. I'd have made people like the Biden family very rich uh, through sheer uh, corruption. Uh, and, and, but when they try to turn um, a political leader like this Zelensky, who is a, a, a comedian, which kind of seems appropriate, uh, an actor would be better. Uh, when they try to make him a hero, you know something's going on that's really, really uh, uh, not what it seems. Uh, so, because the Nazis talked about 
keep your propaganda simple. Uh, and, and if you look at, at all levels of society, um, it, they're always trying to present us with a black and white situation. Uh, so in COVID, deadly virus, only response to protect us, fake vaccine. Uh, and with um, Ukraine, Zelensky, good guy, hero, Putin, bad guy, demon. Uh, and there are, of course, enormous amounts of gray between the two. And I've been pointing out, you know, in various films and, and, and uh, presentations over many, many, many years, going back many years, that NATO was systematically prodding Putin in the, in the chest. They're, 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 they're taking more and more countries of the former Soviet Union. Uh, they're moving more and more um, resources closer and closer to the border. And it's like, yeah, okay, when you're going to bite, when you're going to bite, because that's what they want. Because the, the key, and this will be very relevant to, uh, to your part of the world, the key to uh, understanding current events is China. Um, China is the blueprint society for this global society, which this uh, cult is in the process of imposing. Uh, the uh, Klaus Schwab World Economic Forum Great Reset is the Chinese model. So if we, if we just go back to the Mao revolution in China. That was a cult revolution. Uh, by the cult, I mean this global network of secret societies with an interlocking leadership and mission control that's driving it. And the reason they were behind that is that they wanted to have a country which was basically closed, where the government said what happened and it happened. In the West, well, before COVID, um, in the West, they, they had to uh, control the people by telling them they were free, even though they, their structures were in place to make sure they weren't, but they, the outward appearance of freedom. So they could move in this direction until the whole thing just came off with COVID, slower, than, much slower than in China. But in China, the government said, this is what's going to happen, and it happened. So what they've been able to do um, since the Mao revolution is to incubate a system of mass control, not least based on technology, with these millions of cameras in Chinese cities, um, that the, the, the cult, once, once it was incubated and perfected, wanted to play out across the world. So if you... Um, then look at where this COVID hoax came out of. It came out of China. And as a result, the West has become far and far more like China because the Chinese model is being uh, played out. And I, I was saying for in videos and films and stuff over this period of that I was talking about the prodding and this is going to go somewhere eventually. The, the plan was that the big plan was to forge an alliance militarily and economic between Russia and China, bringing in other, other countries like Iran, what have you, 
and create this literal global division between East and West and to um, make sure that events unfolded so that the um, power alignment in the world moved first from West to East and then from East across the world to become the global system. So what we've been looking at is the um, systematic undermining of the West. Um, and what is happening now with the invasion, the war in Ukraine, is that it's being used to devastate the Western economy. Uh, and there are so many elements that have been done in this build-up to move the power center eastward into China particularly. But of course, Russia has all this energy resources, so that's all part of it too. Um, so first of all, for, for decades now, American and Western corporations have been moving their production to China in the East, controlled by China. And this has given China massive control of the global supply chain. There are some very basic things um, that uh, are, are sold in America that are made in China, they're uh, exclusively virtually. And on one level, it's been explained by, because there's all many levels and, and it, it, you, you can see something at a certain level and it looks a certain way. And on that level, it is that way, but there's another level. So it's been explained by, oh, yeah, but, you know, we're, we're outsourcing our production to China and the, and the East because it's cheaper. In other words, they're using slave labor. But that's all OK, because we're woke and we care about people. <laughs> uh, but what the real reason has been, it's handed all the cards of the supply chain and, and uh, the, the economy in so many ways to, to China. If China just wanted to stop production on something now, well, it would run out. And what, what they're doing now with um, not least America, I mean, you know, Europe, Germany, and they're, they're, they're realizing that if they go down the same road, then it's over because of the energy dependency on Russia that they have. But, and, and Putin's playing, playing them like a violin now. Oh, no, no, you're going to pay for your oil in rubles. No, no, yeah. no, not the dollar, the ruble, right? Yeah. So what, what has happened in... Um, and this is where the human caused climate change hoax connects into it all. Because if you're going to uh, control an economy, or you're going to suppress and dismantle an economy, then dismantle its energy uh, supply, dismantle its access to energy. So when, um, when Biden came in, America was self-sufficient in energy and oil. Um, and then he started virtually from day one. Uh, cancelling and shutting pipelines, uh, taking action that stopped any investment in fossil fuels, and on and on it went. Um, and all oh, renewables, yeah, renewables, all oh, the lights have gone out, that renewables, yeah, okay. Uh, and so he's created a dependency in little more than a year on external um, sources for American energy, including 
Russia. So then uh, as a result of, of, of COVID and the things that were done then and its impact on the supply chain, real or um, manipulated, a bit of both, I think, mm. emphasis on the manipulated, um, you um, started to see um, oil prices and fuel prices starting to go up. And then uh, when the invasion came, Biden's uh, immediate reaction was we ban Russian imports of oil. And I, I did a meme um, for my you know, website, davidite.com, which had a, a bloke pointing a gun at his foot saying, take that Putin, that'll show him, right? And that's exactly the situation. Quite now, bad. again, again, you can look at that and you can say that's just a ridiculous decision by Biden, which, of course, is credible in the sense of he's ridiculous and not compass Manchester at all. He can hardly read the bloody teleprompter now. But you, 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 you would be diverted from the truth if you did that. The real reason, because he's not making these decisions, of course he's not. No. The real reason that decision was made was to um, uh, increase the price of, of, of fuel in America. I mean, it, it's devastating the price. I mean, I'm sure it's the same in Australia, yeah. but, but in, in America, it's devastating um, uh, on uh, the economy and people's, people's lives, particularly what they call the middle class, which is you know, like the working class in some yeah. countries. Uh, 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 it's devastating. And that it's meant to, because it's all about um, d dismantling the, uh, the Western economy. And so by driving up um, fuel prices, you, you drive up the price of everything, plus the fact that there's a lot of price manipulation going on. And suddenly, um, people can't buy products, so people don't need to make as many products. The whole thing starts to unravel. While over here in the East, you've got um, China um, building coal-fired power stations. Uh, and having access to Russian energy. So it, 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 it's a, a completely different situation. So where the um, human-caused climate change comes in is that if you look at it, whether it's Greta bloody Thunberg or whoever, who, who was a creation, of course, of the World Economic Forum, that's where, that's the, where she was put on the platform, uh, the world stage initially with Schwab. But if you notice... The Greens, uh, who have, they've taken naivety and turned it into an art form, frankly. Um, and, and some of the, uh, the, the major activists will know exactly what they're doing, but most of them are just naive. They have targeted, if you notice, the West. They're saying the West must do this, the West must do that, the West must stop oil. We've got this lunatic organization in Britain now called um, Just Stop Oil or something where they're stopping <coughs> premiership football matches by tying them, themselves by the neck to the, to the goalpost. We've got them laying down in the streets in Sydney, really? block, blocking the traffic it's, peak hour. But it's like, just stop oil. Have you ever considered what that would mean? Yeah. No, they don't. Oh, well, people are dying because of oil. I, do you know how many people would die if we stopped it overnight? You yeah. idiot. What they're doing is they're targeting the West. So the West has taken all these steps um, at that level, orchestrated, but on other levels, because they dare not 
um, because of all the woke um, pressure and abuse. But they don't look at China. Now, carbon dioxide, CO2, is the gas of life. Without it, we'd be dead. There'd be no natural world. There'd be no food supply. Um, and uh, people who are really expert in um, carbon dioxide, they say, then we get in the media, of course, that it's not that we have too much. We don't have enough. The optimum, they say, uh, of CO2 in the atmosphere for maximum plant growth, maximum food production, etc. It's about 2000 parts per million. And we have something like 420 now. Um, and we only have 420 because of the industrial era. It was it was heading for a, a very serious uh, low point before the industrial era. Um, but and in the industrial era, the planet has actually got greener because of more carbon dioxide. People don't put carbon dioxide in greenhouses, extra carbon dioxide, uh, you know, for a bit of fun. They do it because it makes the plants grow more and, and, and stronger. Um, so you're targeting a gas of life as if it's a polluting a pollutant and a demon but you're only doing it in the west you're not doing it in china which if you believe it is a pollutant china is the biggest producer of carbon dioxide through industrial uh, action uh, but they don't so they've gone on and anyway they'll give you the finger anyway if you try to stop them because they they are a law unto themselves you know since the Mao revolution and so the um the Chinese just go on building coal-fired power stations and using fossil fuels in all their various uh, expressions, uh, while the West is is responding to the Greens, which is the, a coal operation, to um, to reduce uh, and create dependency upon um, uh, upon external energy sources. And we've seen now with what's going on in Ukraine, the dependency that Europe has on Russia. Yeah. Uh, and that America had on Russia, and we're seeing the consequences of it. Yeah, it, it's a, a power shift from west to east, essentially, unraveling yeah. at the moment. And I think that's very obvious to anyone that analyzes the the situation in its entirety. I mean, what still puzzles me is that I'm not sure where you stand on the COVID situation in terms of the virus and origins and whatnot. My understanding of it. Um, is that it was generated in a lab, was funded partially by the uh, NIH in the United States, Fauci, uh, leaked out of the lab, um, and here we sit today. Well, my feeling um, is, and has been since um, the spring of 2020, it got me thrown off Twitter, it got me thrown off uh, YouTube, it got me thrown off uh, um, Facebook and all of them, is that there isn't a virus. There's not a virus, never been a virus. Um, the uh, the bioweapon is not the virus, it's the fake vaccine. That's the bioweapon. And the uh, illusion of the virus was to uh, get uh, people to take the fake vaccine. Um, so the, the people and, that were getting sick uh, before they started administering the vaccines, prior to that, the people yeah. that were getting sick, what was it that you think was... Well, that, that, that basically... Um, well, I'll, I'll give you a, I'll give you a bit of a, a bit a bit of a clue on that. Um, the British government has announced this week nine nine new symptoms for COVID, right? Nine nine new ones. So, why did flu disappear? 
worldwide in the COVID era. Just disappeared, gone. When the holiday. Why, right. in, why in Britain, um, this is provable fact, the documentation's there. Did they uh, kill, murder uh, thousands and thousands of old people in the care homes and some in hospital, but massively the care homes? In the spring of 2020, when the, um, the health secretary, uh, Matt Hancock, total psychopath, should be in jail for life, um, ordered um, unprecedented amounts of an end-of-life drug called midazolam, um, which is used by some American states in the execution process. And it's a sedative they give people in the dying process, along with things like morphine. And not only did he order uh, unprecedented amounts, I mean, ridiculous amounts, it was used in ridiculous amounts. All this is documented. And um, at the same time that they were doing that and giving uh, this midazolam in these unprecedented amounts to old people, they also um, were introducing, like confetti, uh, do not resuscitate orders, DNR orders on old people. Not only old people, but people with learning difficulties, people with, um, with disabled. Uh, Vulnerable. Unbelievable. <clears throat> and... and so at the same time, they were giving them a dazzlam and taking them off uh, food and, and fluids so they were going to die. At the same time, they were putting do not resuscitate orders on them. Because of COVID, their loved ones weren't allowed to see them visit. So they had no one watching their back. And people died in enormous numbers in Britain. And what did they call that? They called that the first wave of COVID. No, it wasn't. It was first wave of midazolam. But because it was believed to be COVID, uh, that's the, the point. That's in the same period that the lockdowns came in and people in, in, in the overwhelming numbers at that time went under lockdown, went under house arrest because they thought they were being faced by this terrible thing that was killing loads of people. In America, uh, there was um, a drug called remdesivir, and this was um, imposed upon doctors in hospitals by Anthony Fauci uh, right early on for um, treatment of anyone in hospital with um, alleged COVID. And um, we'll come to alleged COVID in a second. So this drug was known, I've shown this in my books, was known by Fauci to um, cause multiple organ failure, particularly of the kidneys. No, these studies were there. And so he imposed this thing and, and doctors were prescribing remdesivir. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing it's now being described, uh, prescribed in Britain as well. Mm. And what was happening is the kidneys would fail. And when the kidneys failed, the abdominal cavity would fill up with water and the lungs would fill up with water and they died. They didn't die of COVID. They died of... Um, Remdesivir, it's a killer. Once you're on that, you're dead. And, and so thousands and thousands of old people died in the care homes in New York and such like. You know, oh, I, got a, I got a message once from, um, sorry to cut you off, I got a message um, sort of beginning probably oh, late 2020 uh, from a young mother and her husband, hospital COVID, same drug, remdesivir. Um, and she watched him deteriorate, and she said she has no doubt in her mind that that's what killed him. Apparently, he was doing fine. He was getting better. 
making progress. They started administering that medication. And she said, I've never seen anything like it. He went downhill so fast. Uh, that's when I first become aware of, of that drug because they've been, they were using yeah. it over here from day one. But interestingly, you see, this, 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 we, we, we picked on a pattern here because this pattern has been repeated. And the COVID pattern, while it was, you know, much more extreme, is still a pattern that's repeating from other things. And the pattern is this. You claim there's a virus. You don't isolate the virus. You don't uh, um, purify the virus. You don't show the virus in a natural state in and of itself at any time. What's happened with SARS-CoV-2? COVID-2. Um, and then you come out with a treatment for it. And you're treating people for something that doesn't actually exist, but they believe it does. So um, this was played most obviously, I wrote in books back in the 90s about this, with HIV. HIV has never been shown to exist and has never been shown to cause AIDS. Um, the creator of the PCR test, and we'll come to that in a second, because that's very relevant to how this has been done, uh, called Kerry Mullis. He um, was writing a, a, a paper which um, said that um, HIV has been shown to almost certainly cause AIDS, right? So um, at the bottom of the paper, he wanted to put a reference to a, another paper that showed that what he said about HIV and AIDS is true. Okay? So he couldn't find one. So he goes to a you know, virologist that he knows and, and the classic, he said, I need a, a reference um, that uh, HIV causes AIDS. And the, the virologist said, oh, you don't need a reference. Everybody knows that, right? Everybody knows that. Well, actually, I don't know that, so I'd like to see the evidence, thank you. So anyway, he, he goes on, Kerry Mullis, who was a very genuine man, decent man, brilliant man. And uh, he, um, he couldn't find a paper that shows that HIV causes AIDS. So eventually, he's talking at a conference in America, and also at the conference was this guy, Montandier, who um, was given the joint Nobel Prize for finding that HIV caused AIDS. And he asked him for the reference and he couldn't give him one. And who was involved in all this in the United States, this whole AIDS scam, because that's what it is, and was Anthony Fauci. So what happened is that they then came up with a treatment for uh, AIDS. And what is AIDS? Um, people die of AIDS-related disease, right? So there's a list of diseases that if you die from them with a rider, <clears throat> you are said to have died of AIDS. The rider is this. Have you tested positive for HIV? If you have and the test is not testing for it, come to that, same with SARS-CoV-2, then you die of one of these diseases, you die of AIDS. If you don't test positive for HIV and you die of one of the same diseases, you die of one of those same diseases. That's what goes on the death certificate, not AIDS. So with um, SARS-CoV-2, if 
you test positive with a PCR test that's not testing for the virus, Kerry Mullis said it cannot, the PCR test cannot um, detect if you're sick and it cannot detect for infectious viruses. But it's been used and, and we're told that if you test positive with a PCR test, then you are um, a, a COVID case. Not true, all, all rubbish. Um, and then you die within 28 days of a test not testing for the virus. COVID-19 goes on your death certificate, no matter what you've actually died from. You know, there was a, a coroner in America who pointed out that a fifth of the COVID victims in the county had gunshot wounds, right? <clears throat> on the death certificate, COVID-19. They were testing dead people after they died of something else. And if they tested positive, that was going on the death certificate. So this is how the scam was done. This is how the, this, the whole scam was done. The, the test, the PCR test, <coughs> is the basics, the foundation of the whole scam. Anyway, if we go back to HIV, what um, Fauci came out with um, and um, the system in general was a drug called AZT. Now, AZT is so toxic that they first brought it out as a chemotherapy drug and they found it was too too toxic as it i mean just imagine people a chemotherapy drug it's like it's like you know poison this was considered too toxic to use as a chemotherapy drug they took it off the off the market hiv came along and they brought out azt Oh, we found in trials that it can help. Well, no, no, it's going to kill people. So what do chemotherapy drugs do? They destroy the immune system. That's what they do. That's why, you know, people have uh, compromised, seriously compromised immune systems um, when they've had chemotherapy. It kills white blood cells, etc. the part of the immune system. So... Take two examples of um, the scam and how the, the scam was avoided. Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury um, tested positive for HIV. Um, a virus never shown to exist. No paper shows it to exist and no paper shows it to a caused uh, to, to, to cause um, the devastation of the immune system. But what did Freddie Mercury get advised to do? And I think, um, from what I understand, uh, Fauci was involved in this. Take AZT. So Freddie Mercury took AZT and died of AIDS. He didn't die of AIDS. He died of AZT, which destroyed his immune system, and they called it AIDS. And then you go to the famous basketball player in America, Magic Johnson, who had a HIV test before, I think he was going to get married, and it was positive. And he felt fine, there's nothing wrong with him. And he was advised to take AZT. And he went down very, very fast. He decided to come off it. Magic Johnson's still alive today. And, and he tested positive, I think it was 1991. So AZT was killing people. 
And, you know, one of, one of the hardest things to get across in the last 32 years has been the scale of evil that we're dealing with. Because the, the, the kind of response is, they would never do that. No, you would never do that. They would, they, they would get off on doing it, I promise you. Uh, and so you've got a, someone like Fauci, who's an absolute mass murderer, mass murderer on a scale that just almost incomprehensible, on, on many and various ways, who's, who's, who's running the, the COVID response um, agenda uh, operation uh, in America. It's, it's just extraordinary. And so to those, and, you know, I, you know, people must believe what they want to believe. And, and you know, that's fine, but we need an open debate. That's all I ask. But what I would say to those in the alternative media who, um, who say that there is a virus, um, okay, number one, why do you need to um, test for it with a test that's not testing for it? Absolutely, the creator of the test says it can't test for it. Why do you need that? Why for the first time in medical history do you say that if you test positive with a test not testing for it that, and you die of any other cause within 28 days, COVID-19 goes on your desktop? Why do you need to uh, use midazolam to create your first wave in Britain and not only Britain, other countries too? Uh, uh, why do you need the first wave to be created by remdesivir in America? Uh, why? Are you giving American hospitals from day one financial incentives to diagnose COVID-19? $4,600 if you diagnose someone with, this is under the, the, the Medicare system, $4,600 if, um, if you diagnose regular pneumonia, $13,000 if you diagnose the same symptoms, COVID-19 pneumonia, and $39,000 if you put COVID-19 designated people on a ventilator, which will absolutely almost certainly kill them. In terms of older people, I think the number's around 88%. Yeah, that, so that, was, that was quite bad. I, I, um, I watched a documentary on that um, about the ventilators in the United States, and nurses were coming out and speaking and saying that I know for the minute they go on a ventilator, that's it. They don't come back off. They're, they're finished. It was a, yeah. Yeah, that was a major problem. Yeah. And so why would you give hospitals at the management level, totally bloody, well, at the doctor's level now we see, but at the management level, absolutely corrupt, only interested in money. Why would you give them $39,000 to put people on a ventilator that would kill them? And, and when they died of the ventilator, COVID-19 goes on the death certificate. So <clears throat> when you break it down, I, I just focused on this for two years. Uh, the tests are fraudulent. The, the cases are fraudulent because the test that decides their cases is fraudulent. It doesn't work. Uh, it's a brilliant test, but no, it doesn't, not for what it's being used for. Mm. He got the Nobel Prize for it, uh, Kerry Mullis, but not for doing what it's doing now. And, and you, your deaths are coming from your redesignation. Uh, almost everything that moved was COVID-19 and, and flu disappeared because flu-like symptoms, well, that's easy to redesignate. Uh, and, and, you know, if you, if you break down the, 
the history of the virus, well, you find that it's actually a computer concoction. It doesn't actually exist. The, um, the, um, the code that they're claiming is the virus, it's, it's a computer concoction. You know, this is explained by many people who are experts in that field. But I mean, you know, don't take just their word for it. Take the word for it of people that have been pushing this. In, in um, January 2020, absolutely at precisely the right time in the agenda, a total crook virologist called Christian Drosten in Germany um, produced a protocol to test for COVID using the PCR test. Now, he would have known the PCR test cannot test for the virus, but he produced the protocol. There was no peer review, none of it. Immediately, the World Health Organization, created by the Rockefellers, now run by a Rockefeller gopher called Bill Gates, uh, via Tedros, the director general, the World Health Organization came out and recommended to all its member countries, basically the world, the Drosten Protocol. Now, Drosten, Drosten's a crook, um, and uh, there are, you know, legal actions against him that, 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 that are chasing him because he's a crook. Yeah, overall, this not least. Um, he admitted later that he came up with the protocol not from a natural virus, but from a computer uh, version of it out of China. And, you know, there's a, there's a, a clip um, on the internet, which you can find, of the chief epidemiologist at the CDC in China, very early on in this, which is being, um, he's being um, interviewed on the 60 Minutes program. Uh, in America, I think it was. And he was asked, why have you not shared the details of the virus? And he says um, on this clip, the problem is the virus has not been purified. That's the issue, not being isolated rather, that's the issue. And what he means by that is it's never been shown in its natural state, isolated from all other genetic material, to actually exist. And then the uh, American authorities, uh, so-called medical authorities, uh, like the FDA, the CDC, all owned by the pharmaceutical cartel, which is owned by the cult, mm. um, they admitted in documents that their PCR protocols were developed from a computer version of the virus. Not only that, a number of different computer ver versions of the virus. Well, wow. and, and, and so it's like, look, show me the freaking virus. Okay. And show me it causes what you say. That's all I'm asking. No one's ever done that. There have been freedom of information acts galore, uh, requests galore going out across many countries to governments and to health authorities asking them in the last two years to produce a paper that shows the virus has been isolated and shown to exist. And not one has come back with that information because they don't have it. And it's um, a very simple thing. Uh, when you understand the mentality of this, um, 
uh, cult uh, mind. Uh, and I talked about it earlier. It's uh, terrified of losing control of anything because it loses control and it, it you know, it, it goes off on one because it's so insecure. It has to control everything. Show me a control freak. I'll show you an insecure person. And so we're being asked to believe that it would, um, well, if, if you take the, um, the, the release from the Wuhan lab, number one, some elements of the mainstream are saying uh, it, um, it was released by accident, right? That's one uh, so-called theory. So when you look at the run-up to the COVID card being played, and there's so much background evidence, it's in my books and loads of other things, videos, and other people's too, um, that it was prepared for and it was planned. I mean, you, you had the, the, the Gates um, World Economic Forum uh, event 201 weeks before they played the, the virus um, hoax out of China mm. um, that was a, a simulation of a coronavirus pandemic. I mean, yeah. you know, hello. So what we're being asked to believe with Wuhan Lab Leak 1 is that they prepared for this um, and, and got everything in place. Because if you notice, once they played the card, everything happened really fast because it was all in place. It was all ready. So they prepared for it. They got everything ready. And then someone said, OK, um, what about the virus? And people looked at each other and said, I thought you were going to do that. No, no, no. I, th I thought that was your job. What do you mean? We don't have a virus. No, oh my God. So, well, we better just sit around and, and, and just hope that one gets leaked. And then just by accident, it's leaked from the Wuhan lab by accident. Oh my God, what a piece of luck. Of course, that's nonsense. It's all bloody nonsense. Mm. So then you take number two, that it was done on purpose. Well, first of all, um, okay, you're going to release this uh, this virus, okay, from this lab, yeah. So um, you don't want people to know that, do you? Oh, no, no. So where are you going to release it? Well, we thought down the street from the lab, right? What? Do you think no one's going to make that connection? I mean, you release it somewhere else. Nowhere near the bloody bio lab, the highest bio lab in China. Not down the bloody street. Um but that's a nice diversion. Get the alternative media. Oh, yeah, it, it, it was a, a leak. And then, then because one of the things that, that they do is they'll, it's what I call designer manipulation. Um, they know that the vast majority of people are going to buy their narrative. They know increasing numbers now are not. So they're going to, these, these people who are not are going to look for a conspiracy or another explanation. So what you do is you give them one. You just give them the wrong one. Uh, and so if we come round again to this insecurity, the idea that they're going to release a, a, a pathogen, which they're going to lose control of the moment they release it, is unthinkable with their mentality. They want control. So if you don't have a virus, you have complete control. 
you can make it do what you like. You can give it as many symptoms as you like. So you can sweep up, suck up as many other um, conditions as you like and call it COVID-19. Another nine in Britain, like I say, this week. Um, and, and then you uh, are going to be able, because you've build up, built up the fear, uh, terror in 2020, and uh, then you can produce your bioweapon, which is the vaccine. But it's a bioweapon you have control of. You have control of who gets it and who doesn't. So you're, you, you've maintained your control while getting your bioweapon inside people where you wouldn't. I mean, you know, and, and you know, I, I, I just say to people, look, I'm open to anything. If you're not open to anything, then you're going to get scammed. If you've got a preconceived idea, just show me the freaking virus and explain all these things. Explain all these things that they've done to scam the numbers, the cases and the, the deaths. So and why they would need to do that if they had a real pathogen that would just go and do its job. Yeah. Make a, a lot of good points. And the way you, you broke that down then, uh, regarding the, the theories, the lab leak theories, makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense. So, But this is the point. This is the point that, that, that really kind of brings it together. There mm. are no borders in the cult. There are no borders. They're for public consumption. They're, they're for the, 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 the public uh, sense of reality. There are no borders. So China is the United States, is Europe, is Russia, is South Africa. In, in this sense, the cult controls China, it controls America, it controls the countries of Europe, it controls Australia uh, and, 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 and New Zealand. So, well, obviously, bloody New Zealand with that baby. Um, and therefore, there's, a, there's, there's this level, and that's where the control is. And then there's this level, which is governments and people's sense of country, right? So... At this level, which has controlled American governments, decisions have been made, and, and of course they control the corporations, it's the creative. Decisions are made to outsource to China. Decisions are made by the American government that benefit China. And, and people go, why, why, would, why would they do that when it benefits China and devastates uh, the economy of America? At that level, it's because that which controls America controls China. So decisions are made at that level to benefit China because China's the focus of this play out of this system, which was incubated in China. So, so I was talking about earlier. Um, and, and, and so Biden has opened up the southern border or from the moment he, he came to theoretical power to allow massive numbers. This is all part of the plan, by the way. I've been writing this in the books for years. They, they want to um, create a monoculture world. A monoculture world uh, where, I mean, they're targeting Western culture now. And they're targeting the, the white race, absolutely blatantly. Race, racist, amazing racism. Once they've, once they've um, subjugated the white race and Western society, they'll then move to the others. Because what they want is a global monoculture in which all cultures kind of get 
fused into one. And so what they're doing is they're targeting Western society, first of all, because they, if they could bring that down, then they're well on their bloody way. So what you do is you open the borders to um, an influx, a vast influx of people from other cultures. It's not to say those, those people are bad or anything like that. Oh, some of them are, mind you. Look at the people coming across the bloody border and these gangs and drug gangs from, from, from Mexico. But um, you're not saying that. But there's a cultural change takes place. What they're doing is fusing cultures and diluting Western culture. This is all part of the plan. So they've done it in Europe, of course. And who's behind both things? I've been writing about it for years. People like George Soros, who's just a, an absolute cooperative. So what they've been, what they've, uh, been doing is, is, is um, undermining the southern border of the United States for a long time. But now it, it, they've just opened it. I mean, there's like two million people coming across the border every day, every uh, every year, and, uh, and and growing, and and it's been well exposed how they are um, being bussed to airports and then flown out across America, because they're changing the the um, the demographic of America and they're doing it systematically. That's the idea, and and so um, they are undermining. Um, Western culture in every way. The, the drug fentanyl has devastated uh, American society. Um, like 100,000 people have died from fentanyl overdoses and fentanyl um, uh, addiction is absolutely massive in America. And the global center for fentanyl production is Wuhan, China. And it's coming out of China. It's going to the Mexican drug uh, cartels and gangs, and it's going across an open border. And, and so it's, it, they're, they're breaking down American society, just as they're, they're doing it in other Western countries. And then at the same time, they are um, creating this, this atmosphere of fear in America. I mean, you know, the, the, the homicides in America have gone through the bloody roof right across all the cities. Um, George Soros, again, is funding the election of district attorneys who, when they get into power, every single one of them, they stop prosecuting crime. Uh, and uh, I mean, in, in, in parts of California, they've introduced laws that police will take no action if you steal less than, I think it's 900 and something dollars worth of stuff. And you've got thieves going into shops in places like San Francisco with calculators, working it out. <laughs> oh, this, is, this is crazy. This is systematic. Is. Then you've got the, 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 like the, um, the, the gangs, uh, infamous gangs coming out of El Salvador, which are terrorizing American cities. And, and what it's doing is creating this atmosphere of fear. Now, in my earlier books, I quoted their own documents saying this is what they were going to do. Uh, and it, 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 it's happening. Uh, and um, so on, in every way, um, the Western society is being dismantled in this power dynamic move to the East. And, and you know, I'm not a Christian. Um, I don't follow religion. But if you look at the history of Western society, it, weaved into it for historical reasons is Christianity. So if you if you want to pull the um, the 
the cards from the house of cards and make it fall, you want to pull the key things that hold something together. Western society weaved into it in Europe, in America, etc., is um, is Christianity. So you know what's being targeted by who you can criticize and who you can't. So criticize any religion apart from Christianity and the wokers are on you. Abuse and ridicule and canceling. Say what you like about Christianity. Don't matter. Because that's the target. And and I I don't say that, like I say, as a Christian, I say it as just observing the, the way that Christianity is weaved into um, exactly right. Western society, and 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 so this is relevant to Australia. Um, some time back, um, I said that um, the British royal family and the family of the royal family of the Commonwealth um, that was had a limited future because this great reset. Because the, the royal families, I mean, I've documented it at great length in the books. The royal families have serve this cult absolutely magnificently um, for centuries. But this great reset is a move from all individual country level, even group level like the Commonwealth power to absolutely fierce centralized global power, everything coming from the center. So the great reset doesn't involve royalty and heads of state like the British royal family and so um, I've watched since this royal family being uh, more and more systematically dismantled so um, first of all um, Prince Harry um, goes off with his his um, narcissist missus Meghan Markle and they start firing uh, missiles across the Atlantic at the royal family. Um, Prince Philip goes because he's, you know, um, a deeply, deeply unpleasant, nasty man, um, and and more. Uh, and and there's a pillar gone. The Queen is hanging on for dear life now, obviously. Mm. Uh, and 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 the, when she goes, what's left? What's left is Prince Charles, who virtually nobody seems to like, uh, and I think for good reason. And then you've got. Um, uh, Prince William and his wife, and if you see, they've just gone to um, on a royal tour to um, to the Caribbean, and at the end of it, they got so much stick and and uh, about you know colonialism and all that stuff that they basically made a speech apologising and saying you know it's, it's going to be different from now on, um, and uh, so uh, when the Queen's gone. Um, the, 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 the power of the royal family um, will, will quickly wane, or the influence of the royal family will quickly wane because of what's left and also because it's, it's designed. I'm not saying that the royal family will disappear uh, overnight. It, um, I don't think that will happen, but it will, it will, it will, it will be heading towards its, its end time. And, and so then you look at, say, Britain, but you look at the Commonwealth, but, but, but Britain particularly, if you want to target British society, and, uh, then you, if you want to bring the House of Cards down and, and reset it, 
then there's two things you need to target. One is Christianity, because that's really, really weaved, despite you know, so many people uh, not going for Christianity anymore. It, it, it's, it's been, it's massively weaved into British society. But the crucial one is the royal family. Because if you, if you look at, uh, I mean, we don't have a government of the people in Britain. We have Her Majesty's government. We do not have a political opposition. We have Her Majesty's most loyal opposition. That's what it's called. You have Her Majesty's tax office, Her Majesty's border control, Her Majesty's bloody everything. And, and so with the royal family goes, that whole structure has to be reset, with a, which would be a massive uh, restructuring of British society, total. Um, and of course, it has knock-on effects to the Commonwealth. Um, and, you know, when I first heard, even when I was younger, that the Queen was head of state in Australia and New Zealand, I couldn't believe it, and in Canada, I thought it was a joke. What do you mean? What's she right. doing? What's she doing as head of state in bloody Australia? It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Uh, it's been... It's been a, a insane. Of, what? It is insane. And it's... A lot of people are starting to speak about independence. Yeah, 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 and that's all makes part sense. of it. That's all yeah. part of it. See, see, what you get is you get pushback on any of that when they want to keep it, and then say what you like when they want to get rid of it. <laughs> so, so this um, uh, wanting independence in, in a royal family, uh, you know, no more. That's going to be encouraged, and especially when the queen goes, going to be encouraged. Um, and, you know, in, in Britain, um, you know, I, I was born in 1952. I'm coming up to 70 in a, a, a couple of weeks. Um, Happy birthday and, for a couple of weeks. Thank you. And um, she was, she became queen in 1953. So, I mean, it's just, look at the, 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 the years that she's been um, queen. And that has created, not in me, <laughs> But in a lot of people who've grown up with her, uh, a lot of loyalty to her as a person, uh, all misplaced, by the way, um, the truth be told about what these people really are. Um, but when she's gone, that loyalty's gone. Because they don't have the same loyalty to Charles or to Prince William. So the whole That's thing right. started to unravel. And, and you can see it in... in in, in the Prince William speech at the end of the Caribbean tour last week, you can see it in the in what he's saying that he bloody knows that it's um, the, the the game that has been up to this point is over. Well, um, it's, it's very it's, it's very outdated. It's bizarre to think that we still live under that system in this day and age yeah. to begin with. Yeah, it's, yeah, uh, I, I, but it says something too about about you know. Um, you, not all people know, and, and, and less people now, but still a majority, how they are quite happy to be lauded over. Uh, you know, as long as, long, as, long as you know, they're, they're, they're all right, they're, they're quite happy to be lauded over. So you, you look at the royal family now um, and the 
bizarre nature of them being head of state or she being head of state in Australia and New Zealand and Canada. But it was bizarre in 1953. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It was bizarre then. Yeah. But people accepted it overwhelmingly and, you know, waved bloody flags. One of my earliest bloody memories, you know, um, was um, I, I, I went to school in Leicester. So this would have been about 1950, maybe 1957, something like that. I was about five. And um, the Queen made a visit to Leicester, where I was born and brought up. And the school, she was coming into a, a, a little aerodrome uh, um, in uh, Leicester. And by the way, um, this is an aerodrome that was not hardly used at all, right? because it was called Stoughton Aerodrome. It weren't far from where I was brought up. But in 1957, I think it was 57, they, um, and she was coming in on one flight, and then she was going on a, a, a walkabout in Leicester, the stuff they do. Then she was going back on the plane. They rebuilt the bloody runway. <laughs> rebuilt the bloody runway so she could come in once and go out once. What? And anyway, they took us to the airport and uh, I was given, I didn't know what was going on. I was only a kid, about five. And she, I was given a flag and told when the cars come by, wave your flag. <laughs> and I'm standing there, what's going on? And, and, and they came past. I've got a book up there. The, the local newspaper did a thing on it and I, I found it a few years ago. It's, uh, it's very bizarre, isn't it? The whole thing is very, very bizarre. bizarre. And, and, and so when the when the queen whatever goes went to australia massive crowds new zealand mm. massive crowds canada massive crowds anywhere in britain massive crowds excuse me why are you why are you eulogizing someone who's head of state only because they had sex with someone else in a certain order so the order of succession <laughs> That's all it is. That's right. You know, why, why are you queen? Well, uh, my father had sex with, with my mother uh, 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 and, 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 and I was the first one. Right? Yeah. That, so that's it. That's why you're head of state and head of state in Australia. And uh, uh, what? And, you know, this is the thing where um, things, it's like, it's like, and this is, great relevance to what's going on now when you're born um the world is as it is as you grow up in it and that becomes your norm that becomes your normal what you what you've grown up in becomes your normal and within that normal are enormous number of things that only survive because it's so normal, it's how things are, mate, that people in enough numbers don't go, hold on a minute, why, why, why are we doing this? Why have we got this uh, bloodline succession? Why, why are we doing this? But it's never done. Because it's the normal, yeah, the queen, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like um, kids are born and then they go to school. Well, have you ever thought what they're taught at school? Well, no, but I mean, that's what's what it's, that's how it's done in it. You know, you, 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 you're born and you, you, then you go to school. 
Yeah, yeah, but 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 what's happening at school? Well, I don't know, mate, but it, it's just how things are. You go to school. You've got, got to go to school. And there's all these things that are taken as read just because they're normal. And this is a very important uh, part of what's going on now. See, I was born in 1952, and therefore I had a different normal to what's going on now, just a little bit. Um, and so, I mean, we didn't have a television for bloody years and years and years, never mind a bloody smartphone, which I still don't have. Uh, but so because I, I, was, I, I was brought up in a, an experience, a different normal, I can look at what's going on now and I can see the scale of transformation, the scale of difference and how this surveillance and control and all this stuff is so um, extreme because I remember what it was like before. But if you're born into this now, that's your normal. Yeah. This is how things are to you. So there's things that people like me would, would look at and go, whoa, it's normal to anyone who's born into it and, and hasn't been born into something different. And that's why these, uh, you know, the generations that have had the ability to experience something before this are so important because they have that radar. They have that um, ability to see uh, how, how things have, um, how extreme things are. But if you're born into them, well, what's extreme, you know? But this is why I have such enormous respect for young people who have been born into it and have sussed it, have seen it. I mean, that's very impressive, that. Very uh, impressive. The, the Wokers, um, and I feel sorry for them, actually. I mean, I, I challenge them and expose them there nonsense but i feel sorry for them because they they have been programmed from birth not least through the schools and universities to ha have a mentality that's so inverted that it thinks it's anti-system while it's calling for everything the system wants uh and demanding everything the system wants uh, and uh they've been played i mean you know i mean unbelievable mm. but but they have not sussed it they have been consumed by it but these young people who've um who've seen through it are very impressive i think yeah and it's it's with each generation we we get demoralized and i've, I've seen this happen i've got a my oldest son's so i'm on 29 my oldest son's 13 this year so i was very young when i had him and i can see the difference in, in what he thinks about, what he speaks about, his activities, his group of friends, what they learn in school, there's a big difference. And that's not a, that's only what, six, 15, 16 years difference. Well, we very, very different. Key period when this has really kicked off. Yeah, absolutely. Last 10, 15 years is when it's really kicked off and it's getting more extreme all the time. I, I've just uh, finished a new book, um, which really goes deep, deep in the rabbit hole, you know, way beyond even what people see. Um, and and the, the first part of it is biographical um, for reasons related to the book. And uh, it was quite interesting, you know, writing about key moments in my life from when I was a kid, um, just to um, just see how, just to remember how different life was then. Completely different. 
I mean, I went to school um, and of course, you know, you were, you were guided in ways that the system wanted, you know, or, you know wave the flag for the queen and all this nonsense. Um, but the, the scale of indoctrination, I mean, if kids ex today experience just for a day my school life, they wouldn't believe it. Uh, the freedom you had to question, uh, the freedom you had to um, not just take without question everything you were told and to ask for, um, you know, if you like, more evidence for uh, how do we know that? You could do that. It, 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 to an extent, it was encouraged. Um, but now it's just pure, pure, uh, no. full-on indoctrination. It's I feel terrible. sorry for the kids, you know. I feel sorry for the kids. It, it doesn't yeah. surprise me that so many uh, think the way they or don't think the way they do. Yeah, mate, they're, I'd almost say they're actively encouraged not to think. Yeah, exactly that. that. That That's what it is. And just sit down, shut up, listen, don't speak. That's it. What yeah. I tell you is exactly how it is, and that's it. That's all you need to know. And it's a problem. I mean, they're teaching my, my daughter now who's, um, what, year one, so she's seven, seven years old about pronouns and the incorrect use of, of, of pronouns uh, referring to a girl who you look at as a woman, biologically a woman, calling her she or her. You, you know where I'm going with this. Um, ask them before you refer to them as she or her. Um, I spoke to the school about it, and it, it's a state thing. It's a state. Um, I would assume every school in the state would teach that. And that's concerning as a parent because it's not the school's job to talk to my children about those matters. That's my job as, as their parent. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've quoted in my books over the years um, uh, an insider uh, who spoke in 1969 to, to, um, to a group um, of people uh, explaining how the world was going to change because he was part of what was going to change it. He was a Rockefeller insider in America. And um, he said that schools were going to become the hub of the community and, the, and, and, and that they were going to have more control than parents. And that's ex well, so many other things he said. he said. He said in 1969, we're going to make boys and girls the same. Uh, and and um, so uh, everything virtually he said, almost everything he said, and he said a lot, and, and it's in my books, um, has turned out to be true. Uh, because it's all planned. And so what you've just described at your, your child's school is going on in, all across America. It's going across all of, uh, on all across Europe. And it has a very big, um, well, there's a lots of dots you can connect very quickly. Um, the plan is to replace the biological human that we know with a much more synthetic, synthetic biological human. And this human 2.0, I'll call it, um, will not be able to procreate. Procreation will be technology uh, based, um, what people call test tube, mm. babies they used to call them. And it was described by Aldous Huxley in Brave New World in 1952, uh, sorry, 1932, 
um, when um, he talked about the world state hatcheries and children were going to be brought up by the state and there would be no parents because there would be no parental procreation. Um, and so the human 2.0 would not be male and it wouldn't be female. It would be no gender. That's the, that's the whole point because it wouldn't need a gender because it was mm. procreated technologically. Now, the technology, like the artificial wombs, etc., that he talked about in Brave New World, now, now being introduced, and they're now uh, happening. They're now reality. Mm. You, you, know, you, know, you know what's scary? What you've just said then, if people hear that, they would straight away jump on that conspiracy bandwagon. Yeah. But what's crazy is they're speaking about this now. The, the, one of the main advisors, doctor, advisors to the World Economic Forum, you've probably seen the video, where he's up on the stage speaking to an audience about transhumanism yeah. and what their plans are moving forward. Yeah. Um, and and th that, that's a problem. I mean, people, people still call the Great Reset a conspiracy, even though Klaus himself wrote a book called The Great Reset. They still I've refer to it. You yeah. have a copy of it, do you? But, but where, where, where this leads us is to um, why um, what's happening to your children at school and those around the world is happening. See, the human 2.0 um, is a much more synthetic human. And this is why synthetic biology is one of the, the fast, fast emerging new disciplines of science. And it's why the COVID fake vaccines, because they're not vaccines, um, are infusing synthetic mRNA, messenger RNA, actually modifying RNA into the body. You're putting synthetic genetic material into the body. That's what, that's what these mRNA vaccines are doing, great vaccines are doing. And this is all part of it. Now, when, when this is really supposed to kick in, um, the younger generations of today will um, be moving into older um, childhood and some of them into adulthood. And so they are being prepared to for this no gender human. And so the whole transgender explosion, and I've said so many times, if something comes out of nowhere and is suddenly everywhere, it's the agenda. Someone's pressed a button on the next stage. So this transgender came out of nowhere and suddenly everywhere. And, um, you know, as uh, Voltaire is supposed to have said, you, you know who controls you by who you can't criticize. And so transgender people went straight to the top of the politically correct hierarchy. Above women, that's why they're taking, uh, they're being allowed to destroy women's sport with people in male bodies claiming to be women, mm. um, competing against women in women's bodies who've got no chance of competing. I mean, they're just destroying. It's terrible. So when, um, when they started targeting men uh, with toxic masculinity and all that stuff, there's a number of reasons why, why they did that. They, they want to they uh, take the, the man out of the man, if you like, because they don't want people standing up and saying, we're not having it. Um, 
and, and you know women do that as well i mean that's one of the reasons that so many women have been involved in you know the, the whole covid uh, movement uh, freedom movement so so many so many men have stood in the background um because they're they're, they're just being uh, neutered so when they started targeting men i said they'll target women next um, and they, that's what they're doing. Uh, and the reason I said that is because I realized why they were targeting men. Well, one reason is what I just said, but another reason is, and why they're targeting women is they have no need for men and women. Human 2.0 does not require men or men, women because it don't require procreation. Um, and so what, what they're doing, and this is, this is the, you know, before you can um, physically, for want of a word, um, impose something or impose a change you have to kind of psychologically create the change and then the physical will follow so what they've been doing with the kids is confusing their their sense of gender so what an amazing coincidence that country after country after country suddenly had the same idea that they would um have drag queens reading books and doing their stuff to very young children. Uh, how, 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 how come all these different countries decided that was a good idea? The reason was, of course, if, if you've got a young kid and you want to confuse their gender or their sense of gender, then what better way to do it than have a bloke with a beard um, in women's clothes. Yeah, completely <laughs> confuse their sense of gender. And then all the stuff that you're talking about with your kids at school, about pronouns <clears> and stuff, <throat> what they're doing is they're confusing gender. And on the way to doing that, the number of kids that suddenly decide that they're in the wrong body is soaring. Uh, and it's soaring because of the indoctrination not any other bloody reason. And, and then um, as you confuse gender, confuse gender, it's all moving towards the fusion of gender, the literal fusion of gender. So the irony is that these transgender, and you know, people want to identify as a woman. I, I, it's none of my business. Hmm. Identify as a motorbike, if you like. I have no, <laughs> I, I'm, no I'm not bothered. You, it's, it's your choice to identify as you like. Hmm. None of my business. You in a male body say I identify as a woman, so now I can take part in women's sport. That is not acceptable because you're imposing your will on other people to their uh, detriment and, and their consequence. So, you know, no, you, you can identify as a woman. Now, why can't we have categories in sport for transgender people? So if, you're a, if, if you are in a man's body uh, and you identify as a woman, well, there can be a category for that. Then you're competing against uh, like against like. And the, mm. the ability will then decide, not the massive built-in advantage of having greater muscle mass, greater mu uh, bone density, lung capacity and all that stuff. Mm. Um, but of course, that, that's the easy, sensible, just way to deal with it. But they don't want to do that because this is not about that. And it's about what I'm talking about. And so um, the irony is that these um, transgender activists um, who are vicious, 
They just set out to destroy people if you um, question them. That'll be the day, uh, you know. Mm. <laughs> um, they're just being played as well. Because this is not about transgender. It's about the progression to the no-gender human. And who's one of the funders of all this? George Soros. Now, trans transgender activists, are you really so bloody naive that you think George Soros gives a damn about transgender people? Couldn't care less. Do you think George Soros gives a damn about black people? Couldn't care less. So why is he funding BLM to divide mm. and rule the population and to target the white people? Yeah. And, and you know, the, the, the philosophy from, of, of life from where I'm coming from is actually that, you know, what we call human bodies, they're just a vehicle to, to, to experience this actually very narrow band of frequencies we call the world. Um, and that's not who we are. We're, we're consciousness. This is just a vehicle. But if you want to hold people in the illusion of their true eye, i.e. they're not consciousness on an eternal journey of experiencing forever but they are their bodies and the labels of their bodies mm. then you want people to focus the eye and perceive the eye and define the eye as who they are so i'm a black person no you're not you are infinite consciousness having an experience in a body that's black uh, i'm a white person no i'm not I'm having a, uh, an experience, my consciousness having an experience in a white body. Um, uh, uh, and, and that's it. You know, I mean, you, you have two spacemen on the moon and they start arguing uh, over who made their space suit and what color it is. You'd say they were insane, but that's what we're doing, right? But that's mm. the idea. If you're gonna divide and rule, don't go to that level of consciousness where everything connects and we're all one keep people's focus in the um, the divided world of, of of human or the perceived divided world of human and so uh, the BLM is only there to um, to expand these divisions of race they couldn't care less about black people have you seen these people that run BLM buying mm. these multi-million pound bloody houses with the money that's, I mean, $90 million that have been handed over the last time I looked at BLM. I mean, by all these corporations and George Soros and stuff like that. And he, he cares about black people. He could give a damn. No, of course not. But, but this is the naivety. But a lot of black people in America, they've sussed it. They can see mm. they're a bit played. Uh, Candace, and, Candace Owens is, is great. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. yeah, they can see they're being played. Mm. Um, and, you know, BLM will never um, address the, the the poor people in urban poor black people in urban America. They're not they're not interested in that. They're only interested in propaganda, and because that's what they're paid to do. That's why Soros is funding them. It's all part of this uh, divide and rule and um, and isolating the white race. You know, you're a white supremacist, right? Yeah. All right. Division. It's all that is division. And and I say, I've said it now many times that they can't expect racism just being one. Um, 
you know, they, they talk about equality. You know, that's, that's the word, right? Equality, equality, equality. But yet when I put on my, my uh, TV, there's categories. This is black, black month, white month, this month, that month, pride month. These months. There's not, there's right? not a white month. There's not a white month, is there? <laughs> no, 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 no white, white month. And that tells right. you something. That's right. And there's no straight. You want, there's no str- you, want a, you want a black month? Great. Yeah, celebrate. It's a very good point. Uh, that's fine. But yeah, someone wants a white I don't want a white month. It's just it's, no. all, it's all nonsense to me. But if someone wants a white month, well, they're white supremacists and they're evil and they're Nazis. Well, that's right. So, what happened to, to equality? But they don't talk about equality. See, they talk about equity, and equity is not equality. That's not what they mean. Uh, it's a completely different um, thing. It's it's to do with, um, with with absolute racial bias. It's nothing to do with uh, equality. I mean, for me, you know, everyone's kind of equal, and everyone should have an equal opportunity as best we can within the society that we live in. Uh, uh, and and we should all kind of get on and and get on with it, really. But um, that's not what they want. They want to divide us. And so no, they want drama. They want division. They want drama. They want they want us to be. You know, it's it's our minds always to be on something, always on something, and it, it's bizarre. You know, like as I've said, as I was just saying before. You know they call for for less racism and 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 all the rest of it, but yet they constantly highlight the differences of of groups. You know, as you said, you don't see white month on on whatever program you're watching. You don't see, het, you know, heterosexual month on no. whatever program you're watching. That's not what they want. No, but we we're back to Voltaire. Uh, you you know who's controlling you, and another way of putting it is you know what the agenda is by what you can't criticize and what you can criticize. That, that, that tells you everything. And, and you should be able to criticize anything. You, should, you have a right to an opinion. And you know what's what people you know, don't realize is that if anyone doesn't have freedom of speech, there is no freedom of speech. Because the only thing that's left is called freedom of speech is conforming to what um, is, you're allowed to conform to, what you're allowed to, have, to say. Uh, so one person has no freedom of speech. No one has it. They only have the illusion of it. So uh, my philosophy is people should be allowed to say what they like. And, and because, well, you know, I mean, there's, there's laws against um, inciting uh, violence and all that stuff, which, mm. which, is fine, which is fine, by the way, as long as it's the right violence against the right people. If you watch the Twitter guidelines, the way they're applied. But, um, you know, for me, if you've got an opinion you should be able to uh, uh, um, express it. And then we can openly debate. And, and if your opinion's nonsense, then it can be shown to be so. And also, um, if you've got um, a view that's kind of, um, you know, people would rather you didn't have, my question is, would you rather know? <laughs> would you rather know what their opinions are or would you rather they, they keep it underground and you don't know what their real opinions are? I mean, you know, let's get it out in the open and debate all this stuff. And, and then we know where we stand. But that's not what they want. They don't want open debate because they know they'd lose the debate. So mm. if you're not going to win a debate, then you make sure you don't have one. And you do it by the cancel culture. That's a, that's a simple thing as what's going on. Yeah, that's exactly what's going on. And that they push, you know, I've, I've done this podcast for a while now and I've had some great people on. Obviously yourself, I've had uh, Chef Pete Evans, Dr. Peter McCullough, I've had... Many people on who 
have spoken their mind and I haven't obviously, I've let them speak, say what they want. I have a discussion with them and, and that's it, you know, but it's, it's those people. And, and even my show, for example, um, I get more downloads than I've, I've had the number one show a number of times in, in the country. I had the number one news program for about two and a half, three months at the end of last year uh, in the country, but not a single brand, not, not, no advertisers want to, want to, spend money on the, and you know why? Because it goes against the narrative and people are yeah. scared to be associated with that. Yeah. Uh, be, yeah. Because, you know, um, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to go in a second, but mm. the, um, when you go to those bigger levels, uh, you see that what appears to be the owners on one level actually are not actually the owners. So you've got the major massive corporations, uh, which of course all have investors. Mm. And there seems to be a CEO and they seem to have owners. And then you go to the next level and you go to a handful of globally gigantic investment companies like BlackRock, and um, State Street and Fidelity. Vanguard. Uh, yeah, Vanguard, yeah, another mm. one. And they, uh, like, take BlackRock, they have $10 trillion in investments in various places, corporations. Um, and it's headed by a guy called Larry Fink. And... Um, I heard him described on a, a television program um, as the king of the woke industrial complex. And what he's doing is saying to these corporations, and by the way, this 10 trillion is not his money, it's investors' money, mm. but he controls it, where it goes and where it doesn't go. And he's saying to these corporations, as these other organizations are, oh, Vanguard, you mentioned, um, this is how you're going to do it or else. Because I, 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 I mean, you, you look at media organizations and you look at um, Silicon Valley organizations, you look at major, major corporations. And again and again, it comes up. Biggest investor, BlackRock. Second biggest investor, Vanguard. Biggest investor, Fidelity. Second biggest investor, BlackRock. And so it goes on. And so these are um, basically controlling entities because of the money. Um, and therefore, they're calling the shots. And so these corporations, not necessarily all of them, want to go down this road. But they do it because they, they think it's the way to survive. So it's these massive investment uh, companies, giants, globally giant, that are, are driving this. So Larry Fink controls BlackRock. And then other levels of the cult, deeper in the network, control Larry Fink. So you keep going along that road deeper and deeper into the network. And eventually, I mean, Larry Fink 
is uh, controlling enormous amounts of the world economy and what the world economy does as one guy, but someone controls him. Mm. And so in the end, you know, this idea of a handful of people controlling the world is not a myth. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's a fact. And, you know, even if you stop it at Larry Fink, just stop it there. Don't go deeper. I don't know who controls him. Stop it with him. Look at the control he has with that $10 trillion worth of investment. Then you add the, the, the person running Vanguard, the person running Fidelity, the person running State Street. And you've got this small little group of people who, I mean, goodness knows, I mean, these, the, the, these, these others I mentioned, they have 7 trillion and 5 trillion investments. Add all that together. And yeah. you've got this small number of people running these investment companies that are running the global economy and deciding who survives, who doesn't, so what people, uh, how, how those companies operate and how they don't. Um, and, and then you, like I say, you realize that there are other people that will control them. And mm. you, you, you're looking, I, I've said, and uh, I'm, I'm, this is true, that if you got to the core of the core of this global cult, you get them in a single room and it wouldn't be a big one either. Mm. Well, that's, um, yeah. That, that's exactly what it is. And I think now more people are starting to realise that and starting to see that. Uh, there was a documentary, I think it was Monopoly, it's called Monopoly, where he broke all that, I don't know if you've seen it, where he broke all that down, how the companies, you know, we think of, of for example, Coca-Cola and Pepsi as competitors, right? We think they're, com they're in competition. But in reality, it's the same people making money off both of them. So they don't care whether Coca-Cola outsells Pepsi because ultimately the people at the top are still making their money. Either way, it doesn't matter what you buy. Um, and I think now a lot more people are starting to, to wake up to that. But uh, look, I'll let you go. Before you go, what do you see happening over the next few years? Well, I see, um, I see this, um, this great reset agenda uh, being um, more and more pushed. I mean, I, I, you know, people think COVID has gone away. It's not, you know. No, um, no way. And, uh, and uh, you know, I was watching a, an American uh, news video um, this morning and uh, it was talking about bills that are going through the California state legislature um, after the so-called COVID uh, hysteria. And um, they take COVID law to a whole new level of fascism. I mean, every you think of every extreme law that was introduced during um, the COVID era and imagine that being made permanent and even more extreme so that not only, for example, um, do you destroy doctors um, that question the narrative, but it becomes law that they're destroyed. You don't just do it by cancelling them or by taking their license away through a, a, a doctor's licensing body. It's enshrined in the law that that has to happen if a doctor challenges the narrative. That's just one of them. And the rest are just as extreme as that. And they're going through, the, um, through California now.
it's it and, and so this this it's a respite but it's not it's not the end see the, you know i have this phrase i've been using for years know the outcome and you'll see the journey when you know where they want to take us um they may just change the the emphasis on the way they get there but you know that's where they're going and so-called pandemics uh, as we've seen are have such potential to justify the advancement of this agenda that you know the, the idea that it's over now forget it mm. yeah there's no that they keep talking about the the new normal um yeah another the, thing just very, very quickly what i remember mm. Another thing that's happening, of course, is, you know, you, you, uh, we've talked about the World Health Organization and how it is dictated, to, you know, the COVID policy to, mm. the, to its member states. They're now negotiating a treaty which will be enshrined in law that when there's a pandemic, what the World Health Organization says everyone must do. So what they what in in one way, I'll make this the last thing. But in, in one way, they they've used. I mean, I mean, the COVID thing has advanced many of their things, of course, massively. But they've also used it as a learning experience. Okay, so why didn't we get everything we wanted? Why didn't this happen as we wanted to get? So what do we have to do to make that happen? And so they're putting things into place, not least. Um, targeting the alternative media, which has been magnificent in the last mm. two years, um, so that they can rid themselves, A, of that which um, blocked them in many areas and informed people, and also to give the World Health Organization, created by the Rockefellers, owned by the Rockefellers, run by the Gopher, Bill Gates, rich gopher, but a gopher. Um, so that what it says, every country must do. That's that's global tyranny. And, yeah. and, and, who, who elected the World Health Organization? Well, the Rockefellers did. Oh, okay. But I said they didn't elect it. They just decided who's going to be there. Uh, so um, that's we, very we, problematic. We've got a lot of challenges to come, but um, in the end, um, there's eight billion people. And there's that room, ultimately, where the inner core are. And so the mathematics alone says um, where the answer lies. And the answer lies in not cooperating with our own enslavement. You know, if, 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 if the vast, vast majority of people in Australia and Britain, or Brit Britain, there was a lot of pushback in Britain. That's why, you know, we were... We, we had a lot of um, a lot of pushback, but um, if you look at um, you look at Canada, you look at America. If the, anywhere the vast majority, the vast majority said at the start of COVID, we're not having it. We're not doing that. It, it was over immediately because you, you can't. When you're a handful of people, you can't um, enforce what you want on uh, a, a vastly greater number unless great swathes of the vastly greater number um, acquiesce to what you say. You know, the, the most powerful thing, we want freedom. The most powerful word of the English language is no. No, not doing it. Um, when, when they introduced the, 
the lockdowns here in the spring of 2020. I thought, sod that, I'm not doing that. I never have. Put a mask on, no chance. Uh, <laughs> take your temperatures up, no chance. Um, and uh, I've not done any of it. I, I refuse to do it. I'd rather die than, than acquiesce to nonsense and my own enslavement. Mm. And, you know, if just enough people would, would, would do that, it would be unenforceable. Yeah. The, power, the power is with the population. The, the cult has no power except the power the population give it. The power the population give to authority. Authority says do, so they do. Uh, uh, the population says, no, we won't do. The authority has no power. I mean, how can this moron in Victoria, Daniel Andrews, <laughs> and these morons like Kerry Chance, this health official, is their life on Kerry Chance? I see no uh, um, evidence. Uh, say this is what's going to happen, and it happens. People, uh, people in great numbers do it. You know, the great people in Australia that push back, absolutely, and more and more people the longer it went on, but still a, a, a great number just did it. Kerry uh, mm. yeah. Chant has no power. Daniel Andrews has no power. If enough people say we're not doing it. I mean, I, mean, I don't know uh, how they pulled this off. Uh, I can tell you that a lot of a yeah. lot of the success but, that they've had is due to the mandates imposing yeah, the mandates. The, the number of morons of, that have somehow come to power as uh, premiers in Australia at, in the COVID era. I mean, you know, mm. did, did you see that 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 idiot premier of um, Western Australia doing doing that? Um, video with a um an indigenous lady yeah the interpret she's interpretation he's talking english and she's interpreting it into english <laughs> I don't know. that was one of the most bizarre things i've seen yeah and then you've got this this very strange man with the mad eyes in um northern territory yeah. uh, i mean all these people come to power so, well, no is, is that an accident no chance and it's psychological because if they can get you to do moronic things because the moron tells you, they got you. They got oh, you. They got you. They got you. They got you. They're, they're, you're under their control. Uh, and it's like, um, again, Voltaire said, um, those that can make you uh, um, believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. And the reason for that is, by getting you to believe absurdities, two and two equals five, they get control of your mind. And once they got control of your mind, they can get you to commit atrocities. Uh, and um, we saw a lot of that in the COVID era with um, people whose minds were handed to the government um, playing the role of um, foot soldiers um, attacking and uh, um, abusing those that were pushing back. Yeah, done a lot of the hard work for them. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. All right, sir. I'll um, let you go and get to bed. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, the sun will be coming up soon, mate. What? Come on, tell me about it. I'll um, I'll get. It's your winter, hours. though. Isn't it? It's your winter. It's um, we're coming into our spring somewhere in our spring. That's when we had because we just had a switch from daylight savings because originally this was 
supposed well, it was supposed to be four a.m. my time, but because we had the daylight savings revert back, it went from yeah. four to two. Yeah, we've just had a switch as well here. That that's why. So it's jumped from four to two, so two hours British backwards. Time or something. Pardon? You know, British summertime, I think they call it. You know. British summertime. Yeah, it's um, it's anyway. But it's been a pleasure. Family, my family, my family just call me and they say, "Dad, you know, put your clocks forward. Dad, put your clocks back." And I just, I, I do it. Because you, you don't have a smartphone, do you? So he doesn't do it. Does it do it no. self your phone? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't have a smartphone. Somehow manage to. Survive. How do you manage to do everything you do in terms of your the content and your your app and everything? Oh, I do. Uh, uh, I, I I do everything on on computers. Um, oh. I, this is this is my this is my this is my world. It's not very big, but it's my world. Mate, it's what's inside it. of it that counts. Hey, it's what's inside of that room that counts, mate. And I'm sure oh, there's yeah, um. Yeah. Well, it's amazing what you can do um, in a in a little room with a computer these days. Yeah, mate, it's, technology is good, but as you as we've highlighted, it can also be um, detrimental to our species. Everything, you know, correctly. A, a, a radio microphone is not good or bad. A reporter's notebook is not good or bad. A printing press is not good or bad. It's how you use it, and mm. uh, technology is the same. Mm. Absolutely. All right, thank you very much. I appreciate hey, it. Sleep well. <laughs> I'll, what I'll do is I'll. Um, I'll grab a few of your links and whatnot, and I'll, I'll, who's the best person to speak to about that, Gemma? Uh, Gemma or Gareth? Yeah, um, the, Gareth. Just Gemma. follow me back on on Twitter. So I'll um, yeah, I'll send a message and get some stuff, and I'll attach it to the yeah, description. Yeah, that's good. yeah, because you know we've got iconic going, which is um, which is fantastic, and uh, davidite.com is where um, is where all my videos go up and on news stories every day in context and stuff like that. So Beautiful. Um, we, we keep going, and uh, we'll get there in the end. Maybe we'll keep collectively. Um, yeah, I think I think we'll be all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But we've got the numbers. Um, yeah. We just need the spirit. We're getting <laughs> it. We're getting there. We are getting that. Absolutely. We are. Listen. Yeah. Thank you very much for being here, and thank you for all the work you've done for many, many, many years. Cheers, mate. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you, mate. Bye-bye. Bye, bye. Bye.